da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Come one, come all, and welcome again to another episode, a throwback episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hello, everybody. Kent Garrison back here. Finally back for the throwback episodes. Uh, sorry I missed last week where Richard and Brian, who is joining me now. Hey, Brian. Hey, man. How's it uh, going? Going good. You guys talked Insomnia last week, Christopher Nolan's Insomnia, and uh, I'm sure it was good. I didn't listen. In fact, I don't like you guys whatsoever. <laughs> so the sound of your voice, other than through obligation, is not yeah. something that I ever want to revisit. But this I'm is literally sure a job situation. That's it. It's not a friendship. Right. It's not uh, it's contractual it's not obligation. It's contractual obligation. Yeah. Yes. It's the deal with the devil. <laughs> well, uh, it's a wait. You can give me a very small amount of fame to do a movie podcast, but I have to hang out with these two guys. Right. Where do I sign? We're famous to the uh, uh, to a very small, 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 <laughs> yeah. small amount of people. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking quite forward to meeting those have. people eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it, it's good to be back, and I'm loving this tradition of throwback episodes weekly. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving how we're kind of tying them into movies that are currently out or movies that are coming out, and kind of retrospectively looking out and looking back at uh, some of the filmography from some directors that are releasing films this year and some movies that are getting sequels upcoming and things like that. Uh, I'm really enjoying this and uh, we should have just spun this off into a separate podcast and, <laughs> and uh, maybe doubled our audience or something. I don't know, but uh, I'm really enjoying this and I'm, I hope the listeners are too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, the topic is Black Hawk Down. And mm-hmm. uh, this is a movie that uh, applies on a number of levels. Uh, first of all, Memorial Day is, is coming right up. Here in mm-hmm. the States, happy Memorial Day to those of you who are celebrating it now and uh, will be listening to this episode in the coming weeks. And uh, we're hoping to do one more Memorial Day-related episode at the end of the month, and that's a movie that is to be announced later. So stay tuned uh, to all of our social media. And speaking of social media... Look at that. We are a, what a segue, Kent. Jeez. We are like a, <laughs> radio man right there. That's why they pay me literally... Basically nothing. <laughs> yeah. Close to nothing uh, to be a professional. Now, uh, thanks thanks uh, to everyone who's followed us on social media. We love the interaction. We love the conversation. Uh, this this podcast really, there's, there's honestly no way that we can say everything we think about a movie in the time that we have allotted for the show. I mean, every episode mm-hmm. would seriously be four and a half hours if, we're like, if we stopped at when we had nothing else to say. Uh, we really right. do have to kind of Keep the conversation uh, focused. Maybe uh, you know most of the time limit our movie talk conversations to an hour or uh, thirty minutes or something like that. But um, lately, it's been really fun to kind of carry the conversation off into social media. We love the emails. We love the the Facebook messages. We do have a Facebook, uh, but Twitter is where we're probably the most active. We like to retweet yeah. movie news things. We like to comment on movie news things and. Uh, with our typical uh, mad about movies humor that is uh, trademarked, by the way, uh, our style of humor. So don't <laughs> don't attempt it. Uh, you might die in the process. Actually, uh, it, it's been fun. And and on Twitter, we're official now. 
We're at Mad About Movies on Twitter. Look at that. How awesome Boy, is that? How what easy, a day. How easy is that to find, Brian? Just Mad About Movies so, on Twitter. You don't have to search. You don't have to do anything. Just at Mad About Movies. And, it's fantastic. Uh, and if you're already following us, or if you were following us on our old account, you're still following us. Right. Uh, thanks, you can't get rid of us that easily. Thanks to the lovely people over at Twitter and uh, my friend David uh, over at Twitter. Thanks for, for helping us out there and keeping all of our followers in, in one place. We didn't have to create a new account and re-add it and all that. So uh, very yeah. convenient for everybody involved and more convenient for the listener to get a hold of us and, and interact with us. And that's what we're, right. we're all here for. So. Yeah, hey, and shout out to to the guy who had uh, Mad About Movies at Mad About Movies on Twitter. Um, he hadn't been active in a few years. He's he's doing some different stuff. Uh, his name's Sean Levy, and uh, we reached out to him, and he re- he replied back to me and was just so kind and gracious. And got his um, blessing. Yes. Yeah, it was it was really awesome because he he totally could have been uh, not awesome about it, and uh, instead he he made it very easy for us, and we really appreciate it because we've been we've been thinking like, oh, it'd be cool to be able to grab that, and finally, I just I just emailed him out of the blue, and he replied immediately and was super cool to us, and we really appreciate it. So, um, all that's left now is to get madaboutmovies.com. And so if any if any of our trillionaire billionaire listeners out there, uh I know you're out there. If you want to donate uh 300,000 to yeah. uh so we can buy madaboutmovies.com. That's what the uh, the agency whoever owns that uh yeah. is charged. We cool. we inquired about that and they said that'll be $300,000 yeah. and uh the I I said you know what yeah. I said to him I think I replied and said, well, we're literally the only people on earth that would buy this domain. So if you're not going to sell it to us for 25 bucks, it's never going to get sold ever. Yeah. So <laughs> it's either Bro, make zero dollars or dollars We wouldn't worry about the, the sticking <laughs> website. Exactly. Down. It would not matter. The domain yeah. would not matter. Yeah. So, um, so if take- you're a billionaire and you want to donate that money to us, you can. I will tell you, we will not use it for that purpose. We will just go have vacations or something. But, uh, you know, you could try. We could try. We'll split it evenly amongst ourselves. Put yeah. our kids through college and call it a day. It'll be great. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Or I will pay off some of my remaining student loans. Right. I still wouldn't pay it all. There off, we go. But close. I'd get close. But uh, every episode currently that we have, all our previous throwback episodes and regular episodes can be found at madaboutmoviespodcast.com until further notice. But Mad About Movies on Twitter, very easy. And uh, that mm-hmm. announcement needed to be made. Also, appreciate the people that went on our T Public site. And I went on our store on our website and purchased some awesome stickers. Brian got some uh, delivered mm-hmm. actually today. Very fast shipping, awesome quality, great to throw on your uh, camera case or laptop sleeve or, uh, you know, whatever your car or whatever, you, wherever you want to rep mm-hmm. the MAM fam. We really appreciate yep. that. And those are very convenient to get. And uh, that's a new thing, too. So if you haven't listened to our episodes lately, you didn't know about that. And that's new, too. But the conversation tonight revolves around. One, Ridley Scott. Ah, oh, Ridley. Man, this guy has been kind of the bane of our existence here on the show, hasn't he, Brian? Yeah, it's been weird, because I really like Ridley Scott, but we have covered three of his movies, I believe, on the show, and I really, really liked one of them, The Martian. That was a top ten movie of whatever, was that last year? I can't. Yeah. Year before? Okay. It was last year, it was 2015, as in 2015, as in the last... Okay. The last full year before the last full okay. year, so yeah. Gosh, I used to be able to remember every uh, release date of pretty much any movie I'd ever seen, but doing this podcast. Oh, yeah. If we've, if we've covered it on the show, 
it's all one big year. It's one giant yeah, year. <laughs> totally true. That's totally no true. No separation. I loved I loved The Martian. Uh, I think we were all high on it. Maybe I was the highest. I can't remember, but I really enjoyed that a lot. We've also covered two other fine films that Ridley Scott has done on this show, <laughs> and those would be Exodus. Was it? Gods and Kings. God, Gods and Kings. Okay. Another another that, semicolon title. Needs yeah, to stop. Yeah, your, your favorite thing. I, uh, all it needed was like a, a cover song, in, a, a slow cover song in the... I think it did have one. Perfect. I think it did. Gosh. I'm willing to bet like money old, that it old did. Him or something. Yeah. Um, that movie is very, very boring and bad and, and the opposite of good. So I did not enjoy that movie at all. It is, however, I, I'm going to just go out. I'm just going to be real bold here and say it is a thousand times better than The Counselor, which is one of the worst movies I've, I've ever seen. And I'm scarred by that movie still to this day because of a very, I can't say it's a famous scene because no one saw that movie, thankfully, but uh, there's a scene in that movie that I will never be able to forget, unfortunately, and it's a horrible, horrible film. So we're, we're one for three on current Ridley Scott movies, mm-hmm. um, and that's not great. That's not great, but I, he's, he's an interesting guy, dude. He's one of my favorites when he's on his game. I, we talked about Alien uh, two or three weeks ago. I love Alien. That's one of my favorite movies ever. Blade Runner is just, you know, sci-fi royalty. Um, he's done Gladiator. He's done Thelma and Louise and things like Matchstick Men and Kingdom of Heaven, which the director's cut of that is fantastic and so much better than Totally the forgot he cut. directed Matchstick Men. I love that I know, movie. Yeah. I own that here. movie. Just totally forgot it's, it was Ridley Scott. <laughs> yeah. It's he's it's excellent. Yeah. It's a very I'm, I mean, I'm I love con movies, but his that one's really, really good. So he has ups and downs and I kind of thought we were done. I thought after Exodus, Gods and Kings, I thought that was it. I didn't think he could come back from that because we'd been, we'd had, here's the run, Kent. Here's the, here's the run leading up to Exodus. I'm going to take you back to, so from this movie that we're talking about tonight, Black Hawk Down, he did Matchstick Men. Uh, he did Kingdom of Heaven, which is like 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Didn't make a lot of money. Um, that, I that really was the one about the Crusades, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that movie. Um, and I, it's it is not popular. Like it is very, it is not considered to be a good film, which is odd to me. But it is. It's it's fine. Whatever. He did that Russell Crowe Italian wine movie, A Good Year. Then he did American Gangster, with had which had a lot of Oscary aspirations. Body of Lies was kind of ho hum. Robin Hood was bad. Like. Not oh, aggressively yeah, bad, yeah. but so boring and didn't really feel like it had much of a purpose. Prometheus came after that, and that we've talked about a dozen times. We, I think you and I both liked that movie, but mm-hmm. we're in the, the vast minority, I think. And then he followed that with The Counselor and Exodus, Gods and Kings. And so that's a, that is a, I mean, the dip there from, <laughs> from this movie, Black Hawk Down, to Exodus over a 12-year span was, was pretty brutal. That's a, that's a really rough go. And uh, so that, it, it, was, it was odd, man. Like it, I, thought we, I thought he was done, and then he came back with, with The Martian, and I, I loved that movie a lot. And, and uh, So I don't know what to expect here. What, what do you expect? I want, I want to hear what you have to say. What do you expect yeah. from uh, Alien Covenant as far as like, the quality of the work and mm-hmm. whether or not we're going to come out of this with a... A, a positive uh, a positive vibe i'm just looking back at the counselor one more time and <laughs> Dude. looking at this cast 
It's directed by Ridley Scott. Gosh. Um, We did an episode on it, so if you really care, uh, you shouldn't care, but if you do, (laughs) uh, we did an episode. The cast is, I mean, how stoked are we? Brad Pitt, Javier Bardem, Cameron Diaz, Penelope Cruz, and Michael Fassbender. You're like, okay, this is is Oscar season. Like, this is going to be a... Well, you bypassed the the most important member of that cast, and that was the cheetah. <laughs> for some reason, it's exists. it's uncredited on here. Actually, uncredited <laughs> cheetah needs to credit though. Uh, wow, what a disappointment! Maybe the most disappointing I've ever been in a movie. Uh, <laughs> that was that was tough. Uh, but man, Alien Covenant. What do I expect? Um, I expect him to go all in on the horror aspect of this. I expect this mm-hmm. to just be. Uh, a lot less on the smart horror and and more on the jump scares, aliens flying around, scary, uh, you know, in your face xenomorphs. Like not hiding the xenomorph like he did in Alien. You know, like uh, yeah. in Alien, you barely see it, but that's like you know, like Jaws. That's what makes it scary because you never know. You don't know where it is. It could be anywhere, mm-hmm. and when you do see it, it's very scary. Now that they have CGI. I'm kind of scared what he's going to do with the xenomorphs and CGI. Like he's just gonna, Mm -hmm. it's going to be there all the time. It's going to be lame. Uh, I don't know. And Prometheus, they really, you don't, the xenomorph doesn't appear until the very last scene. Spoiler alert. Right. And it's really scary and cool when you see it, you're like, Oh, that was awesome. And then credits roll, you know, it's like Darth Vader in, uh, in rogue one, you know, that last moment of it, you're like, Oh, that was really cool. Why did the movie have to end there? Why couldn't the whole movie be like that? You know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I really liked how Prometheus had the engineers as the kind of villain as- aspect, and I still love that uh, aspect yeah, of Prometheus, the whole search for the origin of humanity kind of aspect of it. And uh, we still have the face hugger, and we still have the uh, you know chest burster and all that in there. So it um, it satisfied my needs for what I look for in an alien movie. Now, Alien Covenant, I think it's just going to be typical kind of... This is a sequel to Prometheus, so it's Prometheus 2 slash Alien Covenant. And uh, I think it's just going to be kind of overstuffed, overblown, wish it was more scaled back sequel. And I'm Mm. not sure about the cast, man. The cast really worries me. Same. same. I don't know how I'm going to like Danny McBride in this universe. You know? (laughs) I just don't. I don't know. I liked Bill Bill Paxton in this universe. He had that kind of mm-hmm. got kind of humor, kind of weirdness to it. Um, I don't know. Is James Franco in it too? Yeah, he is. I, but like, I he's haven't even spotted. He's him not in on the, the cast trailer, list, so and he's not on the trailer. Yeah. But there's been an image that was released of the movie, and he's definitely like in it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're wondering, are they going to bring back your highness in this uh, with Danny McBride and? <laughs> He's uncredited. Okay, Guy Pierce, Numi Rapace, and James Franco are uncredited, according to the uh, IMDb, the IMDb. <laughs> and so we we shall see. Uh, let me see. Is Damon Lindelof involved at all in the uh, writing <laughs> of this? I don't think so. I don't. I don't see his Let's name yeah. in this. So uh, so we'll see. That was my cat playing the piano. By the way, if you heard that in the background, awesome. I'm teaching her. Uh, so, Shout out to J. Daniel Catless. <laughs> That's her new nickname. Uh, the eyes watching her at all times. She knows that. She knows better. We, uh, you know what, Ridley Scott for me, and this needs to be said more, um, no matter how creative you are, 
uh, no matter how talented you are, no matter how much experience you have, no matter how much credibility you have as a filmmaker, as a director, as a producer, as an actor, not everything works. It's just the fact of the matter. Sure. Uh, you can, a movie can be well-directed and not be a good movie. It's just, you, you just never know. Uh, I think there's a quote, I can't remember who said it, but I remember it from film school that uh, it's kind of a saying in Hollywood that nobody knows anything. Like that's, yeah. that's it. Right. Nobody, nobody knows what's going to work. No, no one knew Napoleon dynamite was going to work for example. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Every sign actually told him that it wasn't going to work, you know, right. Low budget, no name actors. It's a weird style that, uh, only Wes Anderson had proven to be successful at. And it was the biggest movie of the year and still is a huge cult classic. And people talk about it to this day. Nobody knows anything. Yeah. Um, so I really take Ridley Scott as the example of that. I don't think any movies he's done are particularly poorly directed, but some of the stories work, some of them don't, some of the performances work, some of them don't. But when they do, yeah. I mean, The Martian was just the perfect storm of great, sure. great adapted screenplay, great vision by uh, Ridley Scott and, you know, Matt Damon, Oscar nominated, I think, for that movie or should have been if he wasn't, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean... Uh, wow, Robin Hood was bad. American Gangster too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Solid. I like American Gangster, but it it's not. It hasn't. I don't know that it's aged well. It wasn't received as well as I I kind of thought. I really liked it, it at, right right when it came out. I really liked it. I like maybe the first hour of the movie, but it's, sure. it just it just drags. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. You. Know, I, I think you're right. I think you're onto something that he he's he's kind of. Have, he's had a lot of peaks and valleys. I don't know that he's ever done a particularly bad job, except for the two we just talked about, the counselor and and Exodus. I, Exodus, I just think he was asleep on the set. Like mm -hmm. I said in that episode, I don't feel like he directed this movie. I feel like he <laughs> handed it off to his first his first assistant and just walked away because it, it could doesn't totally be true. I, I don't know how that could play out. You know, he had plenty. There's plenty of films in his early going that didn't go the way that they expected. Legend. Is kind of a cult classic movie, but it it wasn't the hit that it was supposed to be at that time. And then his his uh, late nineties to early two thousands run was part bad and part just didn't quite connect. White Squall didn't connect. GI Jane was not well received. And then he had Gladiator, and everything's back on track. And then the next year he did Hannibal, which is awful. Hannibal is a really bad movie, and it was yep. bad at the time, and I think it's gotten worse since. But so he, he's certainly not, it's, it's not like, uh, he doesn't have, I think that's what we're, we maybe are, at least I'm concerned about is like, he just came off the Martian. So is Alien Covenant going to continue the good streak or are we immediately headed back down into, um, a bad, a bad little valley that, that, you know, similar to, to what he, he has just come out of. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I'm excited. I'm really excited about that movie. I love that universe. Um, I think that if he is checked in, if he's doing Ridley Scott things, I, I don't see any reason why that shouldn't be good besides the cast. The cast does make me nervous, yeah. but if he's not, if he's not checked in and at this point, you know, he's, he's old. I mean, he's, you know, he's not going to, he can't come to the, <laughs> he can't come to the set with the same amount of enthusiasm that he could have 20 years ago because he's like. Gosh, he's, he's 70 years old or, right. or older. So regardless, it's hard. It's hard to do that every single day. So what are we, what are we going to get on that front? What you can give him credit for, though, and not a lot of directors are like this. 
Uh, in fact, very few are like this. He has he doesn't have one style, right? Yeah, he, totally. he's known for the most two of the most iconic sci-fi movies of all time, Alien mm-hmm. and Blade Runner. But then he yeah. won Best Picture for a historical epic in Gladiator, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. totally different stuff. Matchstick Man is completely on the other side of the coin from those tone wise right. and style and and subject matter. Uh, I really like how he just does whatever he likes. Like he doesn't really care, you know. Quentin Tarantino's like, yeah, I'm only going to do stuff that's that fits that's Tarantino-y, right? And he, yeah, you know, kind of has a revenge <laughs> aspect or some violence or I mean, he comes up with his own stories. Granted, I know that, but. uh Wes Anderson's the same way. You know, I mm-hmm. couldn't see Wes Anderson directing Alien, you know, at all. You know, I would love to see that, but uh, it just wouldn't happen. It's just, it's not on the cards. So I really, really admire that about Ridley Scott. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. And, uh, and that brings us to Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. 2001, this came out. Man, I just remember I was only in freshman year of high school, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, eighth grade, maybe, in 2001. And I remember just hearing about this constantly from everybody, every high school kid who had seen it. Like, this was the yeah. movie of the year, that year, I feel like. Uh, it was a big deal when it came out. It starred a lot of really famous people at the time or up and comers at the Mm -hmm. time. And I just remember everyone saying how great it was. And, uh, it's kind of a movie that stuck with me just because I remember everybody talking about it from those times. And, uh, I didn't see it till, you know, later when I was a little bit older, but, uh, man, revisiting it this week for, for this episode, what a, what a 
really well done movie this is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it honestly shocked me that Ridley Scott's at the helm here, considering what we know what we know now here. I mean, it, it's almost impeccably or flawlessly directed in almost every way. I mean, uh, yeah, the uh, war is not easy to shoot. I'm sure. You know, make it believable, like that an actual war is happening, you know, um, and this is very believable. And it focuses on several aspects of war, not just the violence of war, not just the, uh, um, you know, being away from your family aspect of war. Uh, it really hits all the notes. And, uh, and, and it's not exactly the most famous war. This is not World War II. This is not uh, the Vietnam War. It's a very isolated incident. Um, and I think he really sheds a lot of light on that. You know, probably a lot of people didn't know about the Somali situation before Black Hawk Down. And so that's doing a public setup. It's really doing a public service for him to have made this film, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and to kind of give the respect and honor that these soldiers deserved in a, in a, in a great way, you know, um, man, just going back and watching it. Remember when Josh Hartnett was like the next Tom Cruise? (laughs) What happened there? He's, he is, I've, man, I've read something recently and now I can't remember what the deal is, but he, he basically has retired. Like he's just not, I think he lives in like Minnesota and is just not doing this anymore, which is kind of, kind of odd. But you know, he's got some, he does have some credits this next, uh, this coming next up year. He's got, so he's got one, two, three, year, four, five time. things coming out in 2017. Yeah. Wow. So the last thing that he was in, besides Penny Dreadful, which was, you know, mildly successful on Showtime, it got three story or three seasons. The last time I, he was in a movie or TV show that actually got a release was thirty days. Of, thirty days of night. Yeah, Two thousand seven. Thirty days of night. So ten years, kind of, uh, just I don't know, biding his time or something. But but yeah, you're right. This was a. This was right in the 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 like the middle of the era of Josh Hartnett. We're coming off, we're coming off uh, Pearl Harbor and O, um, and we got this. Then it's Forty Days and Nights, Hollywood Homicide, Wicker Park, Sin City, Lucky Number Eleven, The Black Dahlia, Resurrecting the Champ, Thirty Days of Night, and then he's just gone. He's just out the door. Yep. Wow. I just, I mean, he's the star of this, so that should yeah. tell you a lot. He's good about, in this uh, too. 2000. He's really oh, yeah. good in this. Yeah, super solid. Um, going through the, more of the cast here, Ewan McGregor, uh, coming off of Star Wars, so he was a hot commodity at the time, mm-hmm. and, uh, plays, I guess, an American soldier here. I don't think his accent was that convincing. I thought that, uh, I think that, um, Orlando Bloom probably does a little bit better of a job, so that, uh, when you're trying to convince somebody of that, that, uh, that works a little bit better. Um, Eric Bana, too. Yeah, that, nothing says boy. early early aughts like like Eric Bana. Am I am I right, dude? I love I love Eric Bana. He was the only part of uh, of King Arthur that I liked besides the giant snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mm-hmm. he's a guy that this is his first American film, by the way. Uh, and he, I think he's a. I think he's great in the role. I think he really, uh, I think he really kind of um absorbs. And then projects what that character is supposed to be, the Delta Force guy. Like, that's a really, um, it, he doesn't necessarily carry the movie because no one in this movie is asked to carry it. But those are the scenes on the rewatch that I perk up in the most of just like, this guy's so stinking good. 
he's I think he's legitimately good in everything that he's done even when he's done bad movies like Hulk yeah. and Troy and um trying to go through some of the other stuff. I mean, he's had kind of a weird run as of late, but I really I always look forward to him on Star screen. Trek and he's yeah, he's solid in Star Trek. I think he's a be- for me he was the best performance in the movie. And again, it's not it's not a movie that requires it's not certainly not a showy type of performance uh from him or or really anybody else cuz you're everybody's on screen for, you know, 12 seconds at a time and then they've just got to react and move and stuff and then you're kind of like I don't even know who's on screen anymore cuz it's moving so fast, but um but I every time he's there I was like, I'm in. This guy's so good. Yeah. Um the movie starts out with a quote from Plato that says the only it says only the dead have seen the end of war. And man, it's just crazy to think that right now things are happening exactly like this movie all around the mm-hmm. world, right? Um again, not a huge I mean it was a at the time it was a it was a big deal, but uh not not the great war for sure, you know? Right. right. And um you don't have to, there doesn't have to be the great war for something to be as serious as this going on. Yeah. And, um, I really like, I mean, I don't want to go too far into the end, but there, there are parts at the end where the, the, the mission changes, right? Uh, things happen in war that are unexpected, right? Uh, yeah. I think, so I think Eric Bana says in the movie, you know, we don't choose the people that fell out of the helicopter, you know, nobody, Nobody volunteered to be the person that got shot driving the Humvee, right? Things happen mm-hmm. to everybody unexpected, and it's about how you react to those unexpected things and how you come together as one to overcome them that really, at the end of the day, wins the war. Uh, that's a really effective kind of monologue he has there. And mm-hmm. um, again, I hate to reference this quote again, but nobody knows anything. You know, you go in there with a plan. And as Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face, right? <laughs> uh, going into a war, I'm sure, is not uh, not an easy task. In fact, I know it's not an easy task. And uh, this movie kind of proves that no matter how much you think about a situation or how much you, oh, yeah, we're going to go in there eight days. We'll be right out. See you guys back home. You know, you get in mm-hmm. there and definitely that that's not the case, you know. And uh, right. man, you got to admire the people that... Uh, that went through this, but uh, again, this movie does a great job of not only showing what happened, but also very respectfully um, depicting their sacrifice in a non-showy way, not in a, not in a uh, Congressional Medal of Freedom kind of a way, a Forrest Gumpy kind of a way, right? <laughs> in fact, not at all, <laughs> yeah. not at all. Uh, this is, um, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where they're all packing up for the mission. All the soldiers are like packing their bags for the mission. And one of the soldiers is like, you don't need to fill that canteen. We're going to be out there. We're going to be not even have time to drink, you know, or you don't need that night vision. We're we're only going to be out there during the day, you know? Mm -hmm. And man, if that's the only thing, uh, a sign of things to come, then I don't know what is. Uh, Have you noticed, like, is it a requirement, Brian? And correct me if I'm wrong, that if you're flying in a helicopter in a movie, Either Creedence Clearwater Revival or Jimi Hendrix has to be playing in the background, right? Some, yeah, some yeah, one of those two. In this movie, it's a it's a Stevie Ray Vaughan cover of Jimi Hendrix Voodoo Child. So they they're like, maybe we can have Hendrix, but what if it's not Hendrix? 
What if it's a cover of Hendrix? Game changer. It works. Game Total game changer. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, guess who did the score for this? Hans Zimmer did the mm. score for Black Hawk Down. Why does the theme song sound exactly like Scarborough Fair by Simon and Garfunkel? I could not get that out of my head. It's the exact same like uh, melody as Scarborough, like dun 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 dun. Like that's the exact <laughs> melody. Like that's clearly Simon and Garfunkel. Hans, what are you trying? To- and in the middle of a war, that's kind of the last thing I want to hear in a movie is Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. That doesn't pump hey, you up to go. Hey, I've said on the show, wreck shop. Yeah, uh, huge Simon and Garfunkel fan. Can't stand Paul Simon or uh-huh. our Garfunkel, but uh, in tandem, greatness. Yeah. Love it. Love uh, you just, you're just you're just racist against bongos. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do not like uh, Paul's bongo work. No, I don't. You can put that on the record. Um, that that was uh, that was just. I mean, very cliche moment, but again, I think it's kind of a requirement that you have some kind of classic yeah. rock playing as you're flying in a helicopter across <laughs> the country. It's funny when they when they they're flying. It reminds me of uh, reminded me a little bit of Full Metal Jacket, which we talked about a couple weeks ago on Throwback, where they're flying across the countryside, and, yeah. and one of them says, "You guys want dinner?" As they're showing right. like wild boars, and then it just cuts to a boar on like a rotisserie, mm. and Eric Bana is like mm. looking at it like, "Ugh." Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's a good yeah. moment. Yeah, I thought that was kind of clear montage. I mean, uh, homage. Gosh, I can't even homage. I just said montage. Good gracious. Sorry. Yeah, clear homage to Full Metal Jacket. But I probably wouldn't have even thought about that if we hadn't rewatched Full Metal Jacket like two weeks. <laughs> that might ago. be the most disturbing scene in Full Metal Jacket of uh-huh. of a yeah, number of great. disturbing scenes where the guy is just offing innocent civilians, going "Get some, no. get some." It's that not is great. It's not yeah. great at all. Um, another aspect of this that, uh, I mean, this is small little details that really throws in are, uh, you know, they're in the middle of the, I guess the first kind of incident and, uh, somebody's shooting like a, an automatic gun or a Gatling gun of some kind and Josh Hartnett's like on the ground. And I think the Gatling gun is, is mounted on a rooftop of some kind and, uh, the Gatling gun is firing away, just going to town and all of the shell cartridges are falling on Josh right. Hartnett yeah. and one of all them, the brass is just all the brass is covering him and one like falls into his shirt and is like burning him you mm-hmm. know yeah like that's a very small thing that you would never ordinarily put in a movie because like of course you know it sucks to be there but those are the small things that happen in a war that you don't think about uh, yeah other than you getting know, they, shot there are other ways to get hurt and killed even right Ridley Scott and and Mark Bowden wrote the book. Actually, he first wrote a twenty. I read this today. He wrote a twenty nine part uh, series in the the Philadelphia Inquirer that led to the book. And then Ken Nolan wrote the screenplay. They went to a lot of trouble to get the details of what war is like um, to yep. get that right. They didn't care at all, and I I admire this a lot. They didn't care at all if the uh, if the actors looked like the people that they were playing, they boiled down something like 200 characters, 200 soldiers who were in the book and in the, uh, the little, the mini series essentially in the, in the newspaper. Uh, they boiled those down to like 38 or 39 troops and kind of just said, we don't really care if they look or sound anything like, uh, these people because we're not going to do a big thing at the end where we show a picture of Josh Hartnett next to the picture of, 
uh, you know, the real soldier. We just, but we're going to try to get, uh, we're going to get these details right to make you kind of understand. It's not quite to the level of Saving Private Ryan of like, you know, the first time you watch Saving Private Ryan, you, you quite, I think you literally feel like you are in that battle. You are on Omaha Beach and, and this is, like one step down from that and in some ways that makes the movie more rewatchable because you it's not just like an assault on your brain i mean yeah same way private ryan Ryan is shot on shoulder cam so basically mounted to a person with no score no music happening or anything yeah literally just in it you know experiencing it witnessing it as it Mm -hmm. would have really happened it's a very yeah we'll talk about that movie at some point here hopefully soon but I mean, that's a directorial decision that should have won should have won him best picture. But man, Shakespeare in yeah. Love though. I mean Yeah. Who talks who you talk, love Joseph we talk Lines. a lot more nowadays about Shakespeare in Love than we do Saving Private Ryan, so <laughs> pretty good that it it's got, got the uh, It's got a lot of cultural relevancy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like I, I think I, I really I, I admire Ridley Scott a lot for making that what you're talking about with the brass falling down, mm-hmm. uh one of the soldiers basically goes deaf because of the the just the yeah. booming and the resounding of the guns in his ears i dude uh tom sizemore is very good in this and that's a guy who can be really crappy in a movie if you're not careful but <laughs> he's great in this and he um he personifies the uh the kind of commanding officer who's just like i care about all my troops but i care about I care about the next troop who might get shot more than I do about the guy who just did get shot. And so you get that, that comes through a lot, the, like the kind of harsh reality of war of like, this dude just got shot. Great. You have to take his place and get up there on the gun, you know? Yep. And that's just, that's kind of, it's super brutal. That, that hit me hard when I watched this for the first time way back when, and it, it still kind of resonates every time I rewatch it. I'm just like, man, this is, this is a, I don't want to go to war. This is super brutal. Yeah, and I mentioned earlier that uh, the mission changes throughout this mm-hmm. the movie throughout war. Uh, I really enjoy not enjoy, but I think it was a good decision, uh, and I'm sure that the way the actual event occurred, that the actual mission going in was to take down these bad guys, right? To take down the leaders of the people who were hoarding the food from the Somalians, right? Mm-hmm. But the mission becomes, you know, once the first helicopter goes down and the second helicopter goes down, the mission becomes save our guys, right? right. We got we to get our guys out of here. And uh, it doesn't matter. They don't really care if uh, the odds of them being alive uh, are low. They got to at least go in there and see what's going on. Like that becomes the yeah. number one. Okay, mission aside, guys, our people are hurt. We need to help them. And, uh, mm-hmm. man, that just gives me so much American pride, you know? Yeah, like that, yeah. And that our lives of our citizens are more important than, uh, than any kind of mission where we're just, we're just kind of there to help, uh, help out the situation. Um, I mean, we stick together, you know? Yeah. And, you know, too, the movie Black Hawk Down is not, um, it's not an overly patriotic kind of movie. Like they're not beating you down. I don't think anyway, maybe I'm, maybe if you, you know, our listeners are, have watched this movie and are like, I just got beat down with, I no, maybe, I mean, it, wrong, it's but, not, there's not like beauty shots of flags waving, right, like tattered right. flags. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not hitting you over the head with patriotism. And in, and in fact, it's, it's not very, 
it doesn't treat the it doesn't treat the brass the people who are running this operation with a lot of kindness and and because the the truth is this was a botched operation it went poorly from the get go um and people paid for that with their careers and because people paid for their mistakes with their lives you know like this should have been they expected this to be an in and out operation and maybe not even any guns fired but certainly not like this and it was, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bad deal and it didn't go well. And that's, they hit that pretty hard. The guys, the, uh, I don't even, I'm not going to look up their names. The, the, the guys who are running the operation from the helicopter up above all the action, they don't come off very well. And that's yeah. because they shouldn't, because they didn't, you know, this didn't go the way that it should have gone and it cost Americans their lives. But I, I, I'm with you to, to your point, Ken, and I've, I've rambled there, but I love that a, I really like. I like to feel good about my country. Sometimes that's not happening a lot lately, but I would like to be in that place. What I would really like is to feel that um, organically and naturally. And that is something that I think comes through quite beautifully within this movie is just like um, the, the idea of, of no soldiers left behind, mm-hmm. whether he's alive or dead, um, that it means something. And they maybe, maybe the best part of this movie, maybe the, the stroke that, makes this movie um as good as it is or that they got the most right right down the middle is like imparting that to all the actors and then getting them to play that the right way on the screen down to the one guy whose name i i can't remember who's like tries to quit at some point doesn't want to go back out there because you know it is stupid in some ways to like go and try to to risk more lives to go track down somebody's body and then ultimately he gets on the bandwagon too so i i love that aspect of the film and i love that ridley scott's able to do that without uh <laughs> without like you said some some slow-mo shots of the american flag waving in the battle yeah you know? it's just like hey let's not let's skip all of that and try to make it um to make it more it, it, this is already super realistic but let's make it um, organic in that in that way and make it genuine. Yeah. There are several moments that are gut-wrenching. Uh, first of all, when one of the Humvees is, is driving through the town uh, towards their goal uh, and the gunner just gets shot down as he's shooting and his like dead, lifeless body falls back into the Hummer on top of everybody that's sitting in the Hummer, right? Yeah. And uh, they're trying to you know, they're saying we got a we got a we got a wounded guy, and they're like, "Is he okay? Who is it? Is he okay?" We're like, he's 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 gone. You know, he was he was gone that fast, and it's just the realization yeah. of a, you know, that as that message goes across the radio waves, they cut to several soldiers, just like, man, that was I just saw him five minutes ago. You know, kind of a thing, and, sure. and that's tough. And another time when the another Humvee is driving through the town and. uh it's just they're just getting shot up from every direction, and the actual driver gets—I don't know—shot, uh, but I think shrapnel gets in his face or broken glass, and his entire face is just covered in cuts and blood. And yeah. they have to stop the Humvee, and the and he says, uh, "You know, I think uh, the general calls back to the base and says, you know, we can't make it there. We're not going to make it to to the down chopper. We gotta we gotta regroup. We gotta go back and." The general says, I need your 100% honest assumption. Can you make it there? And then he right. turns back and looks back, and everybody's like basically dead in the car, <laughs> except for the driver who can't see a thing. And he's like, I can't see, I can't see crap, Sarge. And he's like, 
negative need to go back, yeah. you know? Oh, that's so tough to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, another scene is where um, a guy is basically cut in half. Yeah. And uh, they go to check on him and he says, you know, tell my kids I'll be okay. And Rough. and the the, the uh, soldier knows he can't tell his kids that, you know, because it's right, not true. Right. Oh, that's, that's really tough too. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, the squir- most squirmish part of the film is when the femoral artery ruptures and God, he's out of yeah. he's out of morphine and IVs Ugh. and he has to save this guy's life. I mean, it's his job as a medic to save this guy's life at all costs, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, they pin him down. He's like, "All right, now you hold open the wound. You hold his hand so he doesn't go crazy, and I'm gonna stick my hand in there and grab the femoral artery because it had gotten sucked up into his like pelvis, basically." Uh, from his leg to his pelvis, he had to go in there and grab it, and so he can pinch it off so it would stop bleeding. I mean, Ugh. oh my lord! You know, I can't, yeah. I can't imagine that. I can't comprehend no. anything close to that ever happening in my life or to anyone. But to know that it does happen regularly, and that there are people out there that volunteer to do it for us is incredible. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just gives me, gives me the goosebumps thinking about how, uh, how happy and proud I am of those people and how much I respect them and right. um, how much respect they deserve. So that's tough uh, as well. But what are some kind of patriotic moments for you in this, in this film? Again, it's not overly patriotic, but uh, right, makes right, you proud. Yeah. yeah the, it's the, my favorite has always been, um, has always been Eric Bana's care. I'm gonna have to look up his name. Cause I keep, I keep mentioning him. Hoot is the character's name. Mm. Hoot. Uh, requesting permission to go back into the worst situation he's ever going to be in in his life to try to uh, to try to rescue some other people, some of which are already dead. You know, he's like knows that he's just going back in to uh, to try to to bring back their bodies. That's that always always worked for me, and I and I like that. Then he teams up with uh, with Eversman, uh, Josh Hartnett's character, and they kind of you know that that sort of salvages what's happening with his men. But just that he is like, we can't find a way to get the Humvee in. It's going to take a while to get around. We'll we'll just kind of drive. And he's just like, you know what? Just stop the Humvee. I'm going in. I'm yeah. just going to do this thing. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. And he delivers that. It's the it's the way he does it. And I think this is what I really like about it. And it it plays to the whole idea that the patriotism within this movie is not, um, you know, overbearing and beating you over the head with it. He does it. He says that in such a matter of fact way. It's not like. It's not a commanding or showy, like super dramatic kind of way of like, I'm, I've got to get in there and save those men or anything like that. He just says, stop the Hummer. I'm getting out. And it's just like, yep. and it's like, there's no question about what he's about to do. And it's, it's really, I, I don't know. I've, I've always really liked that sequence a lot. And, uh, this is probably, I don't know, the dozenth time that I've watched the movie and it, it hit me again. I'm like, man, that's so cool. The, the choice of how to deliver that is, is awesome. I agree. Man, there's a lot. There's a lot to take in with this one. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's nonstop. There's the moment that kind of gets me too. Is uh, I think they're at Mission Control or wherever, and they say, "Sir, <laughs> the entire town is on them." And they cuts yeah. back to one of the soldiers, I guess, in in a down chopper or Humvee, and you look around, and every citizen in the town is shooting at him. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah. basically one troop against an entire city of people because everybody has a gun and everybody's trying to kill them. I mean, 
it's it's harrowing to watch and witness, and uh, I'm sure that's how it really was. But man, the fact that they were armed like they were too, the Somalians, yeah, is uh, it's crazy to think about. But um, okay, what else we got here? Uh, there's a scene where the uh, warlord, uh, who does he capture? Which person uh, does he capture? Is the, it Sizemore? It's Ron, it's Ron Eldard, um, who's one of my favorite, like, no one knows who he is character actors. Mm-hmm. I really like his, uh, Durant. The, Durant, uh, that's it. Chop, chopper pilot. That's when Black they're uh, flying the pilot, the flying the mm-hmm. helicopter around and saying, Durant, we will find you. Uh, yeah. You know, we're not, we're not leaving till we find you. When he's in there and the uh, warlord says, or offers him a smoke, and he says no, and then he says, oh yeah, I forgot, Americans don't smoke anymore. Americans live long, dull, uninteresting lives. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not going to take credit for that, that this thought, but uh, one uh, Scott Phantom has the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, opinion that we're just a lot less cool since we, just, we found out that smoking kills, right? Everyone was just chilling, yeah, smoking cigarettes, yeah. hanging out, listening to Sinatra, and then we all we all became really uptight after we gave yeah. up smoking as a it's society. True. It's true. <laughs> Everyone, we smell better. We live longer. We smell but, better, you know, but we're a pain. Be we're a pain to yeah. deal with as a, as a human, uh, mm-hmm. as American people. Uh, <laughs> that just reminded me of his kind of synopsis on smoking needs to make a resurgence in <laughs> the America. Oh, we got e-cigs and, and vaping, though, so it kind of has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, any other thoughts on this? I, I love how it's shot, too. I know we mentioned that yeah. a little bit, but it's a kind of a combination of putting it on the tripod, putting it on the dolly, and uh, the aerial shots and the kind of point of view uh, right in the middle of the action stuff. I love the colors of this movie. The color mm-hmm. contrast is very contrasty. Uh, a lot of bright colors, a lot of green in the movie, a lot of green and red. There's another scene, I can't remember who it was again, but when they're in the actual medic tent and they just look down and see a pool of blood forming and he goes down with a towel and starts like wiping up the blood. Uh, that's another pretty iconic image in the movie too, where he's like coming to the realization like, oh my gosh, I'm wiping up this man's pool of blood on the ground, right. you know? Uh, yeah. that's another little detail that Ridley threw in there. So, um, yes, like I said, impeccably shot, solid acting. There's, they don't give these guys a lot to work with. I guess Eric Bana right. is probably the most, uh, has the most impactful lines, but, uh, as soldiers, this reminds me a lot of band of brothers. Like everybody has kind of a small, but solid mm-hmm. role in the mm-hmm. movie, an important sure. role. And, um, and yeah. Well, uh, well executed. I mean, yeah. uh, it's really tough to know that this is the same guy that made the counselor. I mean, I'll say that again, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, it really is, uh, it really is hard to deal with as a, as a film lover to know that the, the same output can come out of one human being. William Fickner again is in yeah. every movie in this every one. movie. Yeah. And, uh, did you find it coincidental at all that Jeremy Piven was flying the chopper that goes down? <laughs> <laughs> was that on purpose? <laughs> I know that's horrible, he was going to but... let him live, but then he saw some entourage, and he's like, no, we got to get this guy <laughs> He's like, well, I don't want any people calling for this guy to come back, right? Yeah. No. Um, I like seeing, I enjoyed seeing Phil Dumphy pop up. Yeah, randomly. Short very role. randomly. Uh, Jamie, Jamie Lannister shows up a couple times, you know? It's, yeah. it's funny. Ty Burrell. This yeah. is a huge cast. Tom Hardy's in this cast, and I 
I have never seen him. Not one time have I been able to spot Tom Hardy in the gas, but he's somewhere in there. This is his first movie. Eon Gruffold. Yeah. The, uh, the best Mr. Fantastic we've ever mm. witnessed. <laughs> Literally it's is. Quite, yeah. Well, by default, but sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, by it's default. a great cast, man. It's a great cast. It is. Ty Burrell, man. That's a random one. He's like got mm-hmm. a helmet on. I think he says one, one or two things like yeah. through the radio and that's it. As as uh, Wilkinson, yeah. Then he sells him a house. That's cool. That's fine. And did you notice that Ridley Scott never worked with Jeremy Piven again? I wonder well, why. Yeah. Neither <laughs> did anyone else except for Doug Elon. <laughs> that is. He's true. got a CBS show coming out, dude. Oh, uh, hold on. Let me let me see if this pulls up in production. No, that can't be it. It's got to be something. Okay, it's not on his IMDb yet, but it's coming. It's got a CBS show. I'm sure that'll do well because there's. There's nothing that uh, CBS viewers like more than just a douchebag screaming at them. <laughs> so. My favorite character in Black Hawk Down, uh, Sam Shepard as Garrison, of course. For obvious hey, reasons. look at that. Yeah. Hey, look at that. Your uncle. Your uncle yeah. Garrison. Yeah. Yep. I love Sam Shepard. He's great in every movie he's ever yep. done. This is no exception. Yes, absolutely. Texas so, home, Sam Shepard. Uh, the reason we do these throwbacks most of the time is how well do these movies hold up? Like how well, mm-hmm. you know, 15 year anniversary or I guess 16 years uh, at this point for Black Hawk Down. How well does this hold up 16 years later? Uh, very well. Very <laughs> yeah, solidly yeah. well. It makes me wonder uh, why Ridley Scott doesn't focus more on these types of stories and do more war movies maybe they're just so they take so much out of you as a filmmaker sure. to do uh he actually is doing one it next it says after alien covenant called battle of britain which is about the battle of britain okay um so yeah. we'll see what that uh has to do with or, or how that works but um i mean he's a very strong director with this kind of subject matter i would like mm-hmm. to see him do a world war ii or world war one movie at some point i think he could really do some good stuff with that. Uh, he has, he definitely has the vision for it. So, uh, it's just a little confusing. Like, uh, yeah. wh- why, why make a uh, black Hawk down and then do Robin hood? Like, it's just very like, did yeah, we need Robin hood? We know what he yeah, needed that. You know, yeah. tell like, a story I'm, that we I need. was stoked. I was stoked for Robin hood when it came out. And then it's, you know, as soon as it started, I was just like, is this what we're doing? Like, this is so boring. I don't, I don't understand why we need to do this movie. If you don't have, if you don't have an interesting way to do it or, um, like some new take on it, then just leave it alone. We don't, oh, I forgot Oscar Isaac movies. was in, I know it was in Robin so. hood. So I rewatched that two or three years ago. It was on like stars or something when I had a free weekend and I was like, maybe this is better than I remembered it. And it's not, it's, it's really not. It's just kind of, a, it's an odd, he's an odd director, man. I, I really, to me, I, my theory, my working theory has, has continues to be when he's, when he's locked in, when he's totally checked into whatever he's doing, then he's great. Maybe he's kind of like Michael Caine in a way of like the counselor and, and Exodus are just like, Hey man, I got that money. So I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's odd to see that the guy, that the guy still has a fastball, which the Martian totally proved. Even Prometheus is, is solid. Um, even if it, you know, kind of missed some of the marks, but that he still can do that. But he also did <laughs> the counselor. I, I don't yeah. know. It's a, it's an odd thing. Uh, what would you grade this as, man? I would grade this as an A. A 
It's just, yeah. it's it all the yeah. marks. It, it's, it's harrowing. It, uh, it's visceral. It, uh, it holds up and, uh, it really makes you think about and respect the people that were involved in this incident. And, uh, that's all I really ask for out of these kinds of movies. So. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's an A for me. You know, the, my only real complaint of it is that there's there's a little bit too much foreshadowing or too heavy foreshadowing for me. You kind of mentioned like, oh, you won't need your water, and yeah. then that guy really needs his water, and oh, you don't need that back plate mm-hmm. of armor, and then that guy gets shot in the back mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Where you're just like, okay, once or twice is fine, but once we got into six, seven, eight times, where it's like, oh, I really wish I had my night vision goggles, things like that. I felt like that was a little heavy. Um, and there's, there's a few moments within the action. I think this is a very well shot movie, as you mentioned. Uh, and I I totally agree with you, but there are some moments within the fray that you're just like, I can't really tell what's going on here. This is a little too, it's partly because they're all wearing helmets and there's dust everywhere and on all that sort of stuff. But it, it, you know, maybe I, I could like to have that tightened up a little bit, but these are, these are very minor complaints. This is a, this has always been an A to me and, and is one that I think of whenever, I think of uh, if somebody asked me like what's the best what's your what's the best war movies ever this is something that is always going to be uh involved in that conversation for me for sure uh okay so that does it for Black Hawk Down we'll next be talking about Ridley Scott next week when we talk Alien Covenant yay and uh until then Brian where can we find you on the internet you can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing uh, I had a new piece that I put up late today so if you didn't see that you can go check it out a little eulogy of powers booths at madaboutmoviespodcast.com uh kent where can we find you you can find me on twitter instagram snapchat at kent garrison feel free to add me follow along we love the interaction again mad about movies on twitter hit us up and uh subscribe on itunes leave us five stars tell a friend we love that but uh until next week we'll uh, see you at the cinema goodbye Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face Again.